Soon after the Royal Academy exhibition of 1812 opened, at which Constable exhibited a painting of Flatford Mill from the lock, the painter's younger friend John Fisher wrote to him. Fisher was the nephew of the Bishop of Salisbury, and the two found they had much in common during Constable's visit to that city the previous autumn. Dear Constable, As I see the exhibition is advertised, I conclude your labours are over for the present, so I put you in mind of your promise to come and visit me here at Salisbury. I shall be in town on the 20th of May, shall be ordained priest on the first Sunday in June, and immediately after that return into Wiltshire. You must prepare to accompany me. You know I take no refusals. All obstacles, be they of whatsoever nature they may, must be overcome by my impetuosity. But, as some kind of animals lead better than they drive, and as perhaps you belong to that class, I will try and coax you here by an account of the life we will lead. We will rise with the sun, breakfast, and then out for the rest of the day. If we tire of drawing, we can read or bathe, and then home at nightfall to a short dinner. We'll drink tea at the Benson's, or walk the great aisle of the cathedral, or, if the maggot so bites, puzzle out a passage or two in Horace together. I think this life of Arcadian or utopian felicity will tempt you. So come and try it. John Fisher was ordained by his uncle the bishop, and became vicar of the parish of Osmington, Dorset. He became Constable's closest male friend and a frequent correspondent. The two men shared many interests, the Anglican church, country life and painting. Above all, Constable's own work, of which Fisher became one of the first collectors. 26th of September, 1821. My dear Constable, I had nearly forgotten to tell you that as I was the other day fishing in the New Forest, in a fine, deep, broad river, with mills, roaring backwaters, withy beds, etc., I thought often of you during the day. I caught two pike, was up to the middle in watery meadows, and was as happy as when I was a careless boy. Hampstead, 23rd of October, 1821. My dear Fisher, how much I can imagine myself with you on your fishing excursion in the New Forest. What river can it be? But the sound of water escaping from mill dams, etc., willows, old rotten planks, slimy posts and brickwork, I love such things. Shakespeare could make anything poetical. He mentions poor Tom's haunts among sheepcots and mills, and the hedge pig. As long as I do paint, I shall never cease to paint such places. They have always been my delight, and I should indeed have delighted in seeing what you describe. But I should paint my own places best. Painting is but another word for feeling. I associate my careless boyhood with all that lies on the banks of the Stour. They made me a painter, and I am grateful. That is, I had often thought of pictures of them before I had ever touched a pencil. And your picture is one of the strongest instances I can recollect of it. But I will say no more, for I am fond of being an egotist in whatever relates to painting. Eventually, as Constable near the age of 50... His landscape paintings began to attract praise and attention. His haywain, or haycart, of 1820, attracted the admiration of several French painters and dealers, and he was asked to exhibit it and other paintings at the Salon in Paris, an offer Fisher advised him to accept. 18th of January, 1824. My dear Constable, let your haycart go to Paris by all means. 
I am too much pulled down by agricultural distress to hope to possess it. I would, I think, let it go at less than its price for the sake of the éclat it may give you. The stupid English public, which has no judgment of its own, will begin to think that there is something in you if the French make your works national property. You have long laid under a mistake. Men do not purchase pictures because they admire them, but because others covet them. Hence, they will only buy what they think no one else can possess, things scarce and unique. Constable took Fisher's advice and sent his pictures to France. Meanwhile, he had completed one of his greatest stour landscapes, the Lock, which he showed at that year's Royal Academy show. Eighth of May, eighteen twenty-four. My dear Fisher, my Frenchman has sent his agent with the money for the pictures destined for the French metropolis. Thus again are honours thrust upon me. The one was got ready and looks uncommonly well, and I think they cannot fail of melting the stony hearts of the French painters. Think of the lovely valleys mid the peaceful farmhouses of Suffolk, forming a scene of exhibition to amuse the gay and frivolous Parisians. My picture is liked at the Academy. Indeed, it forms a decided feature, and its light cannot be put out because it is the light of nature. The mother of all that is valuable in poetry, painting, or anything else, where an appeal to the soul is required, the language of the heart is the only one that is universal. And Stern says that he disregards all rules, but makes his way to the heart as he can. My execution annoys most of them, and all of the scholastic ones. Perhaps the sacrifices I make for lightness and brightness are too much. But these things are the essence of landscape. As it turned out, eighteen twenty-four was a good year for Constable. His works were acclaimed in Paris, where he was awarded a gold medal by the king, and, as he noted, the lock was praised when it appeared at the Royal Academy. Later in the year, Constable joined his wife and family at Brighton, where Maria went for the good of her health. While making the best of it for Maria's sake, Constable was able to let off steam to Fisher about his fellow visitors. August eighteen twenty-four, my dear Fisher, Brighton is the receptacle of the fashion and offscouring of London. The magnificence of the sea and its, to use your own beautiful expression, everlasting voice, is drowned in the din and lost in the tumult of the stagecoaches, gigs, flies, etc., and the beach is only Piccadilly by the seaside. Ladies dressed and undressed. Gentlemen in morning gowns and slippers on, or without them altogether, about knee deep in the breakers, footmen, children, nursery maids, dogs, boys, fishermen, preventive servicemen with hangers and pistols, rotten fish, and those hideous amphibious animals, the old bathing women, whose language, both in oaths and voice, resembles men, all are mixed up together in endless and indecent confusion. The genteeler part. The marine parade is still more unnatural, with its trimmed and neat appearance, and the dandy jetty or chain pier, with its long and elegant strides into the sea, a full quarter of a mile. In short, there is nothing here for a painter but the breakers and sky, which have been lovely and always varying. Constable's exhibit at the Royal Academy exhibition of eighteen twenty-six was the cornfield, now in the National Gallery. Which he described to Fisher, quoting the poet James Thompson, 
While he was writing, the call of a bird reminded him of happy times spent together in the Dorset countryside. My dear Fisher, I have dispatched a large landscape to the Academy, upright of the size of the lock, but a subject of a very different nature, inland cornfields, a close lane forming the foreground. It is not neglected in any part. The trees are more than usually studied, the extremities well defined, as well as the stems. They are shaken by a pleasant and healthful breeze at noon. While now a fresher gale, sweeping with shadowy gusts the fields of corn, etc. I am not, however, without my anxieties, though I have not neglected my work or been sparing of my pains. I, at this moment, hear a rook fly over my painting-room, in which I am writing. Its call transports me to Osmington, and makes me think that I am speaking and not writing to you. It reminds me of our happy walks in the fields. So powerful is the voice of nature.